0: University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.
1: Whether it's the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, or Aggies. These guys have got you covered. You're locked on to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. One, two, three, moving. On 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. <laughs> <laughs>
2: 97. five and 12.80 of the zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, thank you for making us part of your day. Had a great weekend for the Jazz, Ben. They lose to Toronto and then they lose to Indiana.
3: Indiana loss certainly felt bad. I do think before the season next year, I'm going to remind fans, just for whatever reason, Indiana is a horrible matchup for the Jazz. I don't know if it's Sabonis. I don't know if it's Miles Turner. I don't know if it's the coaching scheme. Coaches have changed recently. It's just a hard team for the Jazz to beat. Even last year... The games were really ugly. The Jazz played against Indiana. They're they're tough. They're just a weirdly tough team for the Jazz.
2: So kind of the the hot take, it seemed, uh, in that Indiana game, people were saying, uh, well, this just goes to show you how uh, important Rudy Gobert is, which I find somewhat offensive, Ben, for this reason. While true that it does demonstrate how important Rudy Gobert is, it also lets everybody else off the hook. Listen, you if you can't keep Lance Stevenson in front of you, yeah, you can't
3: then get him that's a problem. Fourteen assists, because Lance Stevenson's been out of the league for three years.
2: Thank you. Like how if if you can't keep uh what was it, Dwayne Washington, yeah. who's a two way player? Yeah.
3: Sykes, who had never heard Sykes, of before.
2: who was five foot four. Yeah, was and tiny. had a put back dunk. If you can't keep those guys in front of you, that that is a huge problem. And if Rudy has been covering all of that up, man, he's the best basketball player in the league. But you heard Donovan Mitchell in the postgame sound almost embarrassed. Oh, 100%. He said, uh, I think he had a, a naughty word, and said, in a sense, we've got to bring it every night. I mean, it was a guy who came off the floor probably a little embarrassed that he and his teammates were not able to keep Lance Stevenson in front of them. A career-high 14 assists, career-high 42 points for Simonis on an incredibly efficient night, 18 of 22. It was easy. It was easy. I
3: I'm a little mixed on this game. Because the chaos of where you were in Toronto, you fly over, guys are out with COVID. It's not just Rudy. It's also Joe Ingles, but it's not like Joe Ingles is stopping Lance Stevenson from getting 14 assists. It, we're in a wacky spot in the middle of the season. People are tired. These guys had missed the last game. There was no shoot-around, whatever. But still, the Jazz scheme really works as long as Rudy Gobert's on the floor. When Rudy Gobert's off the floor, the scheme falls apart because you have a guy go 18 of 22 from the floor because he was getting shots at the rim basically all night long. And when he established that rhythm, getting shots at the rim... He was then able to stand out and hit threes. But again, you can go back and look at my Twitter account. You can read my article in the post game. The Jazz entire scheme is to funnel guys to the middle because Rudy Gobert's in the middle. When Rudy Gobert's not there, I don't care if Hassan Whiteside's there. He's not as good as Rudy Gobert. I don't care if Norvell Pell is a 7-footer and is standing right there. He's not as good as Rudy Gobert. Those guys are going to score a ton of points. And you're not going to play Rudy Gobert 48 minutes a game during the playoffs. So there's going to be issues every time Gobert's off the floor. And then when he's on the floor, teams are going to try and find schemes to abuse the other Jazz players. And what we learned in that game was you can abuse other Jazz players defensively. And we learned that against Golden State. We are continuing to get more and more evidence that the Jazz is currently constituted are not good enough defensively to win a championship.
2: Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't disagree necessarily with what, what you're saying, I suppose, Ben. Uh, sur- the last point, especially. But funneling everybody to Rudy Gobert is not the same thing as let your guy go. Agreed. No, th- exactly That's right. No, I'm with you. the same thing as shading your guy to the middle so Rudy can help you is not the same as let your guy beat you and then turn around and watch. 100%. It's
3: it's it has become such a false safety net that the Jazz have. Rudy Gobert is so good at protecting everybody else and making everybody else look average that they don't even And look, here's the thing. If you never had Rudy Gobert on this team, these guys would all be better defensively. I also firmly believe that. It's not like these guys can't play defense. They're freak athletes. It's not like these guys don't know how to put in that effort or how to stay in front of their guys. They have been trained rigorously to push guys to the middle. Now, when Rudy Gobert's there, you can't continue to do that. You've got to change up your scheme in a way that stops that from happening, so you don't give up free runs to the basket late in the game when you've gotten it close. So Demonis Sabonis is getting layups in a game where you can't give up layups anymore. You need to get a stop, and they were still doing that because that's how they've been trained, and that is a scheme problem. The scheme makes sense when you have Gobert, but when you don't have Gobert, you need to have a next plan, a contingency plan, to not fall into that trap, and it doesn't seem like they do. It doesn't seem
2: like they know how to not do that. I feel like the contingency plan is easy. It's a little thing called pride. Correct. I'm with you. Stay in front of your guy. It's <laughs> a little thing Jerry called Sloan pride. Didn't want
3: help defenders. Right.
2: Just, do, just but, guard your own guy. But Locke asked a question in Crosstalk, and and it's more nuanced than this, but I, I thought it was interesting, particularly coming from Locke. It said, is Rudy Gobert the difference between the Jazz and the, and the Magic? Are the Jazz the Magic if you take Rudy off the team? The answer is no. They're better than that. I would tend to think so, too. They're a lot better than that. That's an aggressive take. They looked like the Magic.
3: But they might be more like the Charlotte Hornets, which is they're a bottom 10 defensive team and a top 10 offensive team or top 5 offensive team without Gobert. You have to get better defensively elsewhere other than Gobert. Again, this, my argument last year after the playoffs, Jake, I know I wasn't on the air with you, was that if, if we learned anything from those Houston series that Donovan Mitchell starred in his first two years, or, or he was the star of the Jazz team, but they got to the playoffs and they dedicated everything defensively to stopping Donovan Mitchell, and it was so easy to do because your next best offensive player was Jay Crowder. Like, if you can scheme to take away one offensive player, why wouldn't you think you could scheme to take away a defensive player? So what did the Jazz do? They overhauled the roster to go get Mike Conley, because he's a great offensive player. Jordan Clarkson, because he's a great offensive player. Boyan Bogdanovich, because he's a great offensive player. They went out and found all these offensive weapons to put against their guy, so you couldn't negate one offensive weapon. They have one defensive weapon. Teams are going to negate that. Now what are you going to do to stop that? You've got to find another guy who's going to step out there and be... A really good defensive player, and you may have to give up good offense to get it, but you have to have some sort of balance, and right now they have so much weight on the offensive end and basically not on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, there was six minutes left in the second quarter, and the Jazz were trailing. It was like 50 to 35. Get 50 points in about 18 minutes of basketball to open that game. It was, it was pretty brutal to watch, and that can't be just because Rudy Gobert is the most valuable defensive player on the earth. That is why it was the case, but that can't be the answer.
2: And uh, the good news is, I suppose, Ben, is it bugged Donovan Mitchell? It did. Well, at least that seemed obvious to me, is that it, it bugged him. And, and if there were ever a game where they could just say, well, you know, coronavirus and uh, all this stuff, there's plenty of excuses out there, and he didn't go that direction, which I, is something I appreciate about but Donovan But I do Mitchell. think
3: one of the reasons it bothered him is because it was Rudy. And there is still some—it's not that they don't have a good relationship. They like each other. I mean, I do think they root for each other now at this point. I do think Donovan wants to feel like he's the most valuable player on the team.
2: It's a little competition there. And there was
3: a very clear example that, hey, maybe Rudy Gobert last night is the most valuable player on the team. Because if you're that bad with him off the court, the Jazz haven't been that bad with Donovan Mitchell off the floor. They have other guys who can step up. But again, that doesn't have anything to do with Donovan Mitchell specifically. It's that they have so many offensive weapons and they only have one defensive
2: weapon. I think Donovan missed those picks from Rudy, too.
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, did you see Mike Conley? Mike Conley would turn the corner off of a Hassan Whiteside screen. There'd be three bodies there.
2: I thought your meme was funny.
3: but It's true. Like, he was one guy on a plane by himself with all this room to work. When Mike, Con- Mike Conley comes off a Rudy Gobert screen and has a three or a rim run or can throw a lob to Gobert, he comes off a Hassan Whiteside screen, and Hassan doesn't roll the basket quickly or run hard, and he's been trapped, and then all of a sudden there's nowhere to go with the ball. I mean, it's just really, it's not hard to see how much Rudy Gobert brings until you don't have him.
2: I wondered if we were going to see a little extra pop from Whiteside because he got a chance to get in there and start, for two games at least. That hasn't been the case. It's really bad in Toronto. We should probably give him a pass on both, honestly. I mean, coming back from a concussion, you never know. Well,
3: and he's conditioned right now to play... 18 minutes a yeah. game or 12 minutes a right. game, whatever it is, as a backup center. He, he is not a starting center in the NBA anymore. If he was, he wouldn't have gotten a $2 million contract from the Utah Jazz. He would have gotten a $10 million contract from another team that needs a center. He's not that good anymore, but he's a pretty good backup.
2: And by the way, people were reading too much into that Doak stuff, I thought. Doak was lucky to survive the Toronto game let alone the Toronto and the Denver game given yes. what he's been through recently.
3: But this is something you pointed out because I came in after the Denver game that the Jazz won and Doke started and had to go up against Jokic and you know he played 15 minutes and I thought his 15 minutes he was a negative 8 they weren't awful and you said Ben he had one rebound.
0: <laughs> and did, then
3: he, he went out against the Raptors who don't have the MVP at center actually. They don't have Nikola Jokic. They have they started OG Ananobi, who's six foot seven at center. Then they played Cam Birch, who weighs one hundred ninety five pounds, and then they played Chris Boucher, who weighs one hundred and forty five pounds at center. And Doke had two rebounds in fifteen minutes. So in a thirty minute stretch over two games, Doke had seven points and four rebounds. I think it was, or seven points and three rebounds. Dude, you're seven feet tall, you played four years at Kansas and you weigh three hundred pounds and you're a freak athlete. Like you have to accidentally be there to grab rebounds in thirty minutes and he's not doing it. I understood why Cam Birch played <laughs> against against the Pacers and why you didn't see Doke out there. Doke is not for and look, he's had his injuries, he's had his problems, he's never done much other than a good summer league to show that he belongs on the on an NBA court.
2: Yeah, which is tough because he's right now we' are short on opportunity too. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. But when he's
3: been out there, and has had his opportunities. He's never looked particularly good. Everything he does is because he's got good guards playing next to him that give him a little bit of space to catch a dunk and, and get an easy layup. And Norvell Pell also got a couple of dunks off of Donovan Mitchell passes as well that we look for with Doke and we want to read into it a little bit more because he was a first round pick. And it is frustrating if you're a Jazz fan. To see what Desmond Bain is doing right now in the NBA, talking about draft misses, when you needed a perimeter defender who steps out and shoots threes, and that's what Desmond Bain does, and for some reason you chose Doke. It just didn't make sense. You already had a, the best center in the NBA. You had Derek Favors coming in in a handshake deal that was everyone knew about basically throughout the whole season, it seemed like, because he signed the second free agency opened, and you still drafted Doke a couple of days before that, when you could have used a guy like Desmond Bain. It's frustrating. I get why Jazz fans are uh, are hurt by that.
2: Every team in the league kicking themselves over that, though.
3: Sure. Oh, yeah. Because he's great. Correct. He's a good player. But it was like, you narrow your draft window. It's one thing to be like, well, we drafted fourth and we whiffed on whoever the pick was at four in the 2019 draft and got Doak. And didn't draft Desmond Bain. Well, it's like, well, no one was actually talking about Desmond Bain with the fourth pick. The problem for the Jazz was nobody was talking about Yudoka Buki with the 27th pick. Everyone was talking about Desmond Bain or some of these guys who have actually worked out. And the Jazz said, no, we're going to be the smartest team in the room and we're going to draft Yudoka Buki, even though most people haven't projected in the 40s or 50s. That was frustrating. Bit of a reach. That was a huge reach. And you whiffed. You blew it. You really blew it on that pick. So
2: Wasn't Isaiah Thomas famous for doing that? With the Knicks picks. Yes. Just reach on somebody that's like, not even on the draft board. He, he with, like, like, got pick. a
3: couple of guys. Like, he got like, Ronaldo Balkman, I think. Oh, I remember played. that. He yeah. actually played. Yeah. He actually ended up playing for a little bit. He drafted Marty Collins, this guy <laughs> who nobody had going in the top 10, but he was like, Yeah, I'm the smartest guy here. It's like, We know you're not the smartest guy here. Isaiah, everyone knows you're not the smartest guy here, but he did, I think it was Marty Collins, he did silly things like that.
2: Nobody got more bites at the apple than our guy Zeke. Weirdly, too.
3: Because it wasn't like he was well-liked by anybody ever. Except Jim Dolan. Except Jim Dolan. But, like, Mike hated him. Mike Jordan. I know him, so I call him Michael Jordan. Uh, He hated him. The Dream Team hated him. Everyone in the league hated him because of the... uh, the bad boy pistons nobody was mad at carl malone for throwing an elbow in isaiah thomas's face like true we talk about it like that being a dirty play and still nobody is like nobody cares
2: ostracizes yeah. malone for trying he, he gets to more, kill zeke he gets more grief over the david robinson one yes for sure. or
3: steve nash knocking his teeth yep. out like yes nobody really is has, has been like well he wronged zeke and we shouldn't have done that it was like well he got what was coming to him <laughs> He got what Bill Lambert and John Sally and Joe Dumars and Dennis Rodman were doing to everybody else. So someone had to pay the price. No one was
2: mad at the mailman for that. Did you see uh, the tweet that Rex Chapman threw out there the other day? No. Where he was answering a question, who was the biggest jerk he ever played against? And his answer was basically, easy, Carl Malone. And then he posted a picture of himself and a teammate. And I'm trying to remember who the teammate was the day after they played a game against Carl and their face is all swollen and he's got a shiner. You should yeah. you should look that there. Well well let me see if I can find it. But anyway, Carl uh, was more popular than Isaiah, being your point.
3: Correct. Uh so looking at looking at the jazz. Looking at the at where they are right now and, and some of their issues, going back to the Desmond Bain problem, the, the Jazz I do think recognize they're gonna have to Figure this out, and here's the hard part: you're going to have an issue for the next few moments or the next few weeks as Omicron is <laughs> running through. You're showing me this picture right now of of Rex Chapman with a black eye. It's
2: Rex Chapman and Joe Klein. Yeah, the day after playing Carl, Carl Lone. Lone. Yeah, and they're both. They Joe look like they were in a, a bar fight. Lip.
3: Yeah, <laughs> but the Jazz, it's going to be difficult. Honestly, probably leading up to the trade deadline, because the team is going to have players in and out of corona uh, of COVID protocol. That it's going to be hard to put a team on the floor and trust your results. And you can't fall too lo- too much into the "what have you done for me lately" picture. You do have to look back at some of these games. Like giving up so many points to Indiana, like not being able to compete against Steph Curry on the perimeter, and then Clay Thompson comes back last night and looks really good. And you've got to recognize you're just going to need more help on the wing. You're going to need more defensive players if you're serious about winning a title this year. And if you don't win it this year, it's
2: only going to get harder in the future. We have breaking news. Okay. Our guy Hatch reporting this. We need a breaking news sounder. Oh, wow. got to come up with something. Uh, Here's Hatch reporting USC freshman quarterback sensation Love it that he threw in the word sensation there Jackson Dart has entered the NCAA transfer portal Per a source with access to the database Wow That's incredible I mean he was One of the best freshmen in college football
3: last year so Showed a lot
2: of potential Wanted to go to Utah Utah didn't want him
3: So Caleb Williams will transfer from Oklahoma. USC. Remember, he took he yeah. beat out Spencer Radler for that job. Well, didn't beat him out, but ended up taking that job midway through the year and ended up being very good. So Caleb Williams, I think it makes sense, will transfer to USC and take that job as the starting quarterback there. And then Jackson Dart had been told that or relayed that information decided he wanted to go elsewhere.
2: Uh, I guess I don't blame him. But where is he going to go? That's going to be a big story. He'll have a lot of opportunities. I Predictions mean, now, Ben? I don't think he ends up at Utah because they've got a, they've a, got a good returning player. Yeah. I mean, BYU
3: would make sense, obviously, but he might want to go bigger than that. No offense to BYU, but like, he's
2: got to have good SEC schools knocking on his door. Hmm. Does he go east? I was thinking of all west destinations. Can you go to Washington? Yeah, I was going to say, if the Huskies are trying to put it back on the tracks. All right, What's uh, Oregon's quarterback situation look like next year?
3: Well, they have the young kids they're playing this year. Mm-hmm. But they just had another guy under the the yeah, uh, new coaching transfer staff all reporter, that. Mm-hmm. transfer portal as well. How about hmm. that, Jackson Dart? I mean BYU. I would keep an eye on BYU. He had an you offer, think? obviously coming out of BM. I mean, he had an offer to Utah and BYU. Utah under recruited him, but he had an offer to BYU. I mean that had to be in the conversation to go there.
2: I don't know his religious background either. I don't. But, I'm know, not sure. He considered it at least. And
3: A-Rod's a good coach, and BYU's a good school, and it's close to home. He may want to do that. But he should have a good opportunity to go play basically wherever he wants.
2: How about Megan ambushing us online with a picture? Oh, did Megan? Yes. She didn't tag me in it. I don't think she tagged me yes, either. Yes,
0: I did. I tagged you both.
2: On Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. Twitter. Yes, you did. She sent out a picture of us, Ben, and it says, I think they call each other and coordinate their outfits. Oh, 11 minutes ago. What are we...
3: I, I was dressed just like PK this morning. We had black sh- sweatshirts on and tan pants.
2: We both got... Oh, we did. Or we both have hoodies on yeah, and, and hats. hats. But you have a scarf. Correct. So we're not the same. We, we, we look like guys between their mid-30s and early 40s. That's what we look like I, I retweeted it and pointed out to Megan that I am not wearing a scarf. And then Bill Orham, our friend who covers the Lakers, uh, used to be with the Trib, obviously, said, more like Jake Ascott. Which he kind of is Twitter famous for his puns, yeah. so should yeah. I feel honored by that? I don't know. You read most of his puns? They're pretty unlistenable. He's a pretty horrendous
3: follow. Bill? Yeah. Those puns are just... And I like Bill, but it's so much. It's all the time with the puns. It's too much.
2: Too much? It's too much. So you're saying I'm not it really special stops. here that uh, he he gives puns out to everybody? Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, coming up next, we're going to get to the top three stories at KSLSports.com. Stay tuned. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: Time is it! It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell.
3: It's Jazz at 30 update. Donovan Mitchell and the need for the team to compete each game if they want to win the championship.
1: The schedule is going to not be easy for us. So it's like, yo, we got to go out there and do it every night. You know, teams are coming at us. We've got to be locked in from the jump. This is a point where if we want to be a championship team, we got to do it every night down the stretch. we got to think about where, where we need to be, our game plans. And that's on all of us. That's your Utah Jazz at 30
3: update. Refresh the inside of your or outside of your home with a five-star experience with Five Star Painting. They've got the time, skills, and tools. FiveStarPainting.com. That's FiveStarPainting.com.
1: in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 the Zone. Powered by kslsports.com.
2: Well, my wife is on Megan's side. That's great. What is Jake, that? Jake and Wayne, Five and 12.80 The Zone. Yeah, she just... Uh, I told you this was going to happen. You and
3: you and Gordon didn't have this problem because Gordon's older than you are. Yeah. You and I are close enough in age and Gunther and I had the same problem. Mm-hmm. I told you this very soon after we started working together. I said, soon enough, you and I are going to start dressing alike. Because Gunther and I didn't mean to coordinate our relationships or our outfits. But it happened. But we did. And guess what, guess what we did this weekend that not a lot of 35 to 40-year-olds also did that you and I both did at the exact same time? Worked, what did we have for dinner? Worked a jazz game. Oh, we, uh, we ate artichokes. We, you and I both ate artichokes. We are just, we're doing the thing. We're doing the thing that guys do. It's weird. We hang out long enough together. The other day, we were both eating chicken curry at the same time. That yeah, was weird. You and I are just going to be on the same cycle with each other when it comes to everything. Well- Clothes, what? artichokes. What? Nobody our age eats artichokes. Not a lot of people are eating artichokes. I do. I love artichokes. Well, you're our age. Yeah. <laughs> did you eat them this weekend? I did not. Because you've not been around the relationship long enough. So Jake and I are in a relationship now, and now we eat the same dinners, even though we're, you know, seven miles apart in our homes. Not that far, but a few miles apart. Artichokes are delicious. I use the Instant Pot. Do you guys have an Instant Pot? No. So I had to domesticate myself as a single man, and so I have to do all... I, like, have a lot of tools to make sure I can have, you know, what I would have had before.
2: It came down to Instant Pot or Air Fryer, and we went to... Oh, Air Fryer's fryer's good air fryer's good
3: but the instant pot's nice because you can make artichokes in 15 minutes as opposed to 90
2: minutes or whatever it takes yeah, to boil I boiled them for like an hour yesterday no
3: 15 minutes It's nice it's real quick
2: but uh, I think my, my wife was uh, excited that Megan was busting our chops I think that's what that's fine she was happy that I haven't seen your wife in a while I mean it's
3: been a pandemic but I used to see her quite a bit when I was doing pre and post game shows with you
2: well, so I also they, get that she works
3: during the day. Yeah, right. She shouldn't be here at ten o'clock.
2: She used to come by uh, for road games and and, yeah, uh, and have dinner. dinner and all that stuff. But uh, the the arena itself has not been real wild about that idea for a couple of years now. Hmm. With just you know, plus you guys didn't have a newborn, which also complicates uh, also complicates things. But she's a she's a big Ben fan. Oh, that makes one of the family. That makes one of the members in the relationship. True. You are mean to me though, and you are nice to her. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. She's a Ram, fellow Highland Ram. Speaking of the Rams of Megan. It is time for the top three stories at KSLsports.com, brought to you by our friends at Jay Brooks Jewelers. Maybe I should happen down to Jay Brooks and get something nice for the wife. How about me? If you want me to be a bigger fan, you go get me a watch at Jay Brooks. I don't know what time it is. If you pierce the middle part of your nose, I'll buy you something from Jay Brooks. Okay. You want me to get the bowl ring? Yes. Let's do it. Very much. Let's go do it right now. <laughs> All right. Top three stories at KSLSports.com. Megan?
0: Number one.
3: Rudy Gay and Elijah Hughes joined the list of Utah Jazz players in the NBA's health and safety protocols amid the surge of COVID-19 cases. And Jake, here's what's crazy. We've actually added to this news with two different pieces of news since we uh, printed out our story today that Jared Butler is now in the health and safety protocols for the Utah Jazz, and Joe Ingles is actually out of the health and safety protocols. That news just came down. Uh, Joe Ingles is out, but he's still in the return to conditioning form for the Jazz, so he won't play tonight. Which makes sense. Uh, you know That's why the Jazz didn't see Malcolm Brogdon or T.J. McConnell the other night. They have had COVID, but they are – I don't know if T.J. McConnell is, but that's why Brogdon was out, had COVID, hasn't played in a while, and they said, we'll just bring you back and make sure you're – at full health before we put you back back out there on the floor.
2: I feel bad for Elijah Hughes because he... Isn't that a bummer? ...balled out Isn't against Toronto. And they could have used him against Indiana. Absolutely. To like have a little momentum. Here's his... Finally, this guy comes into the league, second round pick in a COVID year where he doesn't have a chance to right. play G League or right. really do a camp or any of that stuff. Finally gets an opportunity to go out there and show what he can do. Balls out against Toronto and then can't play when the team you know actually really needs him.
3: And let me say something and I want to make sure it's clear I'm not undercutting the seriousness of COVID or coronavirus or people have died and that it's still very much a risk to people out there. It's like if you're not vaccinated and boosted it's a very serious serious risk to you still i'm not trying to undercut that at all but it is a little silly in the nba that elijah hughes and rudy gobert or rudy gay played on friday night in toronto and then were ruled out saturday for having covid it's like guys they had it in toronto too lucky to get out of there they both had but they both had it rudy gay didn't catch it on the plane and then test positive that night. That ain't how it works. It's not how it... So those guys were both playing with COVID in Toronto. And yes, they were lucky to get out of there with the strict rules in Canada. They could have been there for 14 days. So luckily they made it out. But, you know, it's spreading throughout the Jazz right now. Five players are at least being affected by COVID. Only four on the COVID list because, as I just mentioned, Joe Ingles is off of it. Uh, but it's, uh, Jared Butler will not be the last player we see for the Jazz to contract it. And it's why one of the reasons why I think they went and signed Denzel Valentine Yesterday, They'd originally signed James Ennis. James Ennis actually ended up contracting coronavirus between apparently the time Shams Sharania tweeted out that that's who the Jazz were going after before they had to back away because he was in close contact. So they couldn't use him for five days. And they went out and got Denzel Valentine, who's been in the league for a long time, but hasn't been very productive in a while.
2: Might not be the worst thing to get over with, too. Is that too bold of a take? What do you mean? coronavirus go through the team in January.
3: Oh, yes. It's, it's, and then in March. It honestly ended up being kind of a strange disservice yeah. for the Jazz that all of these teams were going eight on eight because everyone in the NBA had it and the Jazz were the last team. And now the Jazz are going to, while everyone else is returning to health and safety or out of health and safety protocols and it's getting healthy again, right. that's when it's going to start hitting the Jazz for the next two weeks. So they're going to have basically two weeks going up against, you know, teams that are healthy now when everyone else right. in the nba had it that could be a disservice but yes ideally we don't end up with whatever the next greek letter would be that ends up coming back the lamba variant that ends up you know killing the nba as well not literally but you know Easy. running through the league as well you hope the next variant doesn't also get everybody
2: did your uh see we're right on the borderline with the chicken pox vaccine ben my brother got the chicken box vaccine i did not did your parents send you over to the neighbor's house when he uh Curtis when he had-
3: Jones. Yeah, Curtis had it Go up and give Curtis A big kiss on the mouth Hey Come back with it Go play yeah. yeah Oh I still have a scar Like I have a chicken
2: pox scar It's like a You know it's a mark of Growing up in the streets And Ed, Ed Ogeron got in trouble Back in 2020 yes. For throwing You know Basically getting his whole team COVID So he didn't have to deal with it Drew a little heat there Yeah Which but to be fair at that point We had no idea How dangerous it was A little reckless at that yeah. point Yeah I I gotcha But now Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with it's, you. It's probably not These the worst thing. These guys are
3: shots and boosted and, you know, Omicron knock have, on wood doesn't get to hurt anyone too seriously. Have it on uh, that team.
2: Yeah, have it burn its way through the the roster we'll see i'm, I'm
3: curious on. about the coaches if three coaches are in right now i mean we saw Popeye jones <laughs> coaching the denver nuggets <laughs> i want gonna see you know are we gonna see lamar skeeter are we gonna end up coaching the jazz i hope so yeah it'll be good really, on lamar it'd be strange to see some of the names uh, you know and hopefully because the three coaches
2: uh, are guy lagars alex jensen and who's the third one let me pull it up i got the uh i've got the text right here uh sergey oliva okay mm-hmm. yeah so the chaos theory guy I'm cheering for, for uh, Skeeter. How about our guy Mike Wells? See that salt and the pepper shot. hair yeah. in the sidelines? He wouldn't be able to do the halftime interview, though. Oh, man. Then what would we do? It'll
3: break heart. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's next? Oh, by the way, the Jazz are in Detroit tonight uh, taking on the Pistons. And uh, we haven't seen the Denzel Valentine stuff officially come through. At least I haven't. Uh, so we'll see who's actually available to play for against the Pistons. It's going to be another thin roster for the Jazz. Number
0: two. Multiple local players and coaches help teams reach NFL playoffs.
3: Sadly, Tyler Huntley didn't quite get there. I mean, it was actually a bad day for quarterbacks locally in the state uh, playing in the NFL yesterday. Tyler Huntley fell just short against Ben Roethlisberger. Now... Enough things didn't break in the Ravens' favor. The Dolphins ended up winning. They needed the Dolphins to lose to the Patriots. They needed a couple of things to happen. And the Ravens technically could have made it, but they had several opportunities to beat Big Ben and the Steelers, and Tyler Huntley was not able to make those big plays. So unfortunately... He didn't end his season as strong as I think it looked like he was going to in week, what, 13, when Lamar first started dealing with those injuries. Uh, and it looked like, hey, he might parlay that into a starting job next year. He still could, but it certainly doesn't have the same energy it did a couple of weeks ago. And then, geez, Taysom Hill with another Liz Franck injury, which is, you know, I mean, that those are cataclysmic. Uh, and for it to be two, and we don't know the extent of it quite yet, but for Taysom Hill to be facing that injury uh, is tough going into the offseason. Stinks.
2: Yeah. Feel for him. Yep. Um, I know there's not a local connection per se, Ben, but uh, did anybody have a bigger? I don't know. Uh, tank job, goose egg. What? not goose egg, but lay an egg. Then the Colts. Oh man! All the Colts had to do was beat the, the Jags, Jaguars. and they got Who had two smoked.
3: wins. the number one pick, and it was bad they early. Got smoked. It wasn't even. I'm trying to figure out what's the worst way to lose that game, because you're right. They needed to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had already locked up the number 1 pick. So I guess they kind of had a reason to play. It wasn't like they wanted to necessarily lose. Doesn't matter. But... Is it better to lose like the Chargers did in overtime on a last second field goal and have your hopes ripped away or that you had to sit there for 3 hours and watch the Colts lose to the Jets? Oh, I'll take
2: the Chargers every I'm time. With you. They every ripped the time. band-aid
3: off and they were like, "No, we're going to cut your
2: legs off with uh, no anesthesia if you're a Colts fan." The Colts that was have brutal. 7 pro bowlers. Yeah, that was Not professional brutal. bowlers, but actual pro Bowlers yep. and they lose to the Jags with everything to play for. If I'm Jim Irsay, I'm cutting the whole team.
3: Yeah, that was brutal.
2: It's like none of you have any heart. None. I, well, actually, I take it back. I'm I'm keeping the uh, the running back, Jonathan Taylor. I'm cutting everybody else, starting with Carson Wentz. Oh, I mean Carson Wentz. That was the heart
3: most heartbreaking part about it that they gave up a first round pick for that. Guy. <laughs> and all They did, was give you zero hope going into the off season. Yeah, that's brutal.
2: Brutal, brutal. The Jags. Just let that set in. Yeah, that's that's there, the worst performance of the weekend. There are some very very
3: tough losses, but uh, what Carson Wentz and what the uh, what the uh, Colts did last night was about as as bad as it gets.
2: All right, so what jobs? It is Black Monday. Oh man, what jobs see. are available? The the Dolphins, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Bears, the Bears. What's the best job out there right now? Not the Bears. Probably the Dolphins,
3: but it's scary that they just fired Flores, though he was really good. It's like you're going into a bad, poorly run organization. Vikings could be good, though I don't like Kirk Cousins as my quarterback. Like you're just limited in potential there, but there's like talent on that roster. It's tough, man. The
2: Donks is a good job, except they don't Very have good. a quarterback.
3: Uh, if here's the problem that job might not even be open right isn't the rumor that aaron Rodgers wants to go there but they he is going to force them essentially to hire the packers offensive coordinator so that job might not even be open Hmm. you might be hiring the guy there and Rodgers tells you to hire if he goes there now i actually don't think he leaves i think he stays with the packers just because that's how things tend to work out there it's a unhealthy marriage but it's a marriage that's going to survive uh so probably the dolphins
2: because that matches the biggest shock of which job opened up. They're really, I mean, Cousins is the closest thing to a quarterback that you'd be getting with those gigs. Right. Because I don't, I don't, I think Flores' problem was he whiffed on Tua and didn't move off Tua fast enough.
3: Yeah. But Tua came back, right? I mean, Tua's been their starter for the last few weeks.
2: Okay. But no, that's not what I'm not getting at the injury. But he's not, is he a guy? He's not.
3: I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I think it's too early to write him off. I'm still going to say that. I'm not going to totally abandon Tua Tagovailoa as your starting quarterback.
2: He did win seven in a row this year, but he did against the dregs of the yeah. league.
3: Yeah, he's 13-8 and eight in two years mm-hmm. as a starter in the NFL. That's really hard to do. Like, he's winning games that better than... Like, I would probably still take Trevor Lawrence over Tua if I'm taking recent number one picks, but he's not been bad, certainly. He just doesn't put up a bunch of yards. Like, they beat... New England. They scored thirty three points. He had one hundred and nine yards Through the air. Like lot,
2: that's taping it together, lot of dink and dunk. Tim Tebow won a playoff way. game. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know.
3: I think the Dolphins is probably still the best job. I might go with the Vikings, and, and Vikings might be the other one. I don't think the, the Bears are talented. But you're still a couple years out on Justin Fields before he becomes anything. And he might never become anything. And then you're trapped in the circle of hoping that
2: the last guy's draft pick becomes your starter of the future. And when was the last time the Bears were good? It's been a while. been a minute. been a while. Jay Cutler smoking, up, uh, smoking yep. it up on the sidelines. <laughs> it's, been, it's tough. Can you tell me where that meme came from? I honestly have no idea. Jay Cutler smoking? Yeah. I don't honestly know.
3: I, we can probably look it up and find the Jay Color smoking meme of why that became a thing. But it's because he was like a rough guy off the field. Like he did not live a healthy athlete lifestyle.
2: Smoking Jay Color. Smoking Jay. <laughs> All right, we have one more to get to. Let's get to it. Number three.
1: Tonight in the college football finals, Georgia Bulldogs face the Alabama Crimson Tide at 6 p.m.
2: Go Bulldogs. Are you annoyed that we have another SEC uh, rematch for a national championship game? No. I watch
3: football. They're better than
2: the rest of the conferences.
3: It's not a bias. They're way better. They have better recruits. They have better coaches. They pay better. They've got better history. They've got better culture. All of it. It all makes sense. Here's the thing. I like that the math adds up. I, I like that there's not this inexplicable reason why this team's, these teams are winning games. I know exactly why Alabama is the best team, and I know exactly why Georgia's the second best team. They have all the recruits. All their players are bigger than everyone else. They pay better. Their stadiums are better. They pay their coaches more. It makes total sense to me, and it's going to be a—I don't know if it's going to be a good game, but at least it has a lot of talent on the field. There's probably
2: going to be, what, seven first-round draft picks playing tonight? Well, Georgia's defense is incredible, which is kind of the reason I'm rooting for Georgia. They're a throwback team. Still, defense still wins championships We'll see I mean, it's going to be Bama Nick Saban himself is a defensive coach You're, What's, uh, what's uh, the magic uh, predicting Las Vegas Wizards They've got about Georgia Two and a half Wow Surprises me
3: I, I'm with you too But I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Bama
2: Not going to bet against Nick, huh?
3: No, I was really smart and I said uh, 17 points against Cincinnati And they won by 20 But that
2: was Cincinnati Correct this is Georgia. This is Georgia. What's Georgia ever done? Been in the college football playoff a few times. Nick Saban wins the championship every year. Yeah, but it's different animal. Different than Cincinnati, certainly. No, different animal.
3: I'm, uh, I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Alabama. They just beat him a month ago, forty-one
2: to twenty-four. Well, let's hope Nick Saban retires sometime soon.
3: I don't think he's going to. I think he's healthy. He seems happy. He seems to like ruining the
2: rest of football for everyone else. Making $10 million a year, probably yeah. more. Two and a half for Georgia. Isn't that crazy? That is it crazy. Seems crazy to me that Georgia's favored. It's great defense. And doesn't Alabama have a couple guys pinged up?
3: Alabama. Oh, so your uh, five-star wide receiver's out? Let's hope your other five-star wide receiver can play. Yeah, we saw that story with
2: uh, Ohio State, didn't yeah. we? Yeah.
3: Oh, you don't have Chris Alave? Hoping to Jigbud, who's the best receiver in football, is still good. Maybe the best player I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, honestly, that was what was funny. I had some people were, I saw some people on the on Twitter saying, "Man, imagine if Ohio State had had Chris Alave and, and the other kid." It's like, well, what was he going to do? I mean, every time Nick you Jig, were throwing it to them, weren't throwing
2: it to him. Yeah, had yeah. twenty
3: five catches and averaged twenty five yards per catch. Like they wouldn't have been better. Might have helped the Huns <laughs> actually if you didn't have those two guys.
2: Seriously, yeah. those two guys out there might have taken. You're away not catches. wrong.
3: Yeah. That's. I thought that too. I thought he was perfect. It would have been better. He you was, can't do better than perfect.
2: That he may have been the most unstoppable player in a college football game I've seen ever, ever, ever. Maybe ever. I mean, they, the Utes. There, there was nothing they could do outside of poison his Gatorade. Right. That was. I mean, it had that feel that Ohio State could have scored at any time.
3: According to the official website, Smoke and Jay Cutler, the creator of Smoke and Jay was Brandon Freeberg. The Internet Thanks You describes as a website dedicated to the most apathetic-looking athlete in the history of sports. The Tumblr hosted gallery is dedicated to the nonchalant attitude of Cutler, featuring pictures of the quarterback repeatedly accompanied by a cigarette.
2: He was very nonchalant. He was. Yeah.
3: yeah oh, it was, yeah. All awful off the field. Did not care. Did not look like a great athlete. Always looked like he was having a bad day.
2: Uh, this is pretty funny coming in from uh, John, talking about the, the jazz COVID issues. Uh, John says, in my mind's eye, I picture the jazz plane taking off Friday night being chased down the runway by Canadian COVID <laughs> <Yeah>. police. <laughs> Argo.
3: You've seen Argo, <laughs> where the police cars are coming after them as they're trying to get out of the country. Yes, <laughs> that's, exactly. That's really Got funny. Except for it. Back. Yeah, it's yeah. the Mounties. <laughs> <Get>
1: <laughs> Here comes the Mounties! Go! <laughs>
2: Dudley Doolittle or Man, Dudley Do-Right, whatever his name funny. was. Yeah. All right, we want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. It's a new year and time for a new you. Davis Vision can help you ditch those contacts or glasses with LASIK. Schedule your free consultation today. Save $1,000. Call Robin, 801-253-3080 or visit davisvisionmd.com and make sure you tell them The Zone sent you. Wrapping up, Jake and Ben next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: Sports you love, the teams you can't live without. Such urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone, powered by KSL <laughs>
2: 75 and 1280 the zone wrapping up a monday Bob Saget died over the That's weekend sad. I don't know I were you a full house fan uh, I was a full house guy and I never
3: really like warmed to the idea of Bob Saget as like the very crass comedian I never like took to that I never thought it was all that enjoyable because it was a little bit of a spoiling of my life growing up of America's funniest home videos and Full House, but let me say this: that shows how talented he is, right? That like a generation of people loved him for being like the sweet dad on Full House, or like the pretty innocent guy who made quirky little voices and jokes on America's Funniest Home Videos, and that he also reached a whole another generation of people through his, his humor, which was far less family friendly. And people liked him for both reasons. So sixty five was young, sad.
2: I uh, with uh, with Saget, I can't help but notice the irony of he made his money in his unfunny roles. Yeah. Like his stand-up which I never saw was apparently really funny. Yeah. He was not funny in Full House at all. No. He was the joke. He, he was the butt of the joke. Right. He was the And the sentimental dad. Right. Yeah. And America's Funniest Home Videos was was funny because of the videos, but his jokes were not
3: no, he just did stupid voices yeah. for like eight-year-olds to laugh at, five-year-old me to laugh at and think it was hilarious that some guy <laughs> fell, fell down the stairs. So
2: here is a funny guy yeah. who's most famous for his least funny Okay, things. but
3: Jake, this is something I was watching on Friday night and I wanted to talk about and goes back to our conversation we've had of Joe Engel's appearance on the JJ Reddick podcast, something Daniel House said after the Jazz lost to the Toronto Raptors on Friday because we asked him, like, were you surprised at what happened? He said, guys, everybody can play. Yeah. Everybody can play. You're in the NBA. There's 450 jobs. There's 6 billion people who want that job. 450 of them exist, and they get paid a fortune because they can all play. Elijah Hughes is so good at basketball. It's insane, and he's not good enough to crack a rotation for the Jazz, but he's so incredibly good at basketball. So, the same thing. Like There are a lot of people who are super talented out there, including Bob Saget. He, he broke through with America's Funniest Home Videos and and Full House. Was he going to say no? No, of course like not. No. You got yeah. your role. Right. Is Elijah Hughes going to say no to being in the NBA and making whatever, a million and a half dollars off the bench because he's not playing enough? Nope. Probably not. He can all play. They're all good. There's a lot of really good players out there. You find a spot that pays you and you probably are worth, it's probably worth sticking in it even if it's not the perfect job, even if you're not getting 15 shots. And when you do... You can score 27 points or whatever you had, and he looked great. And actually, it was a very promising development for the Jazz that they may have an eventual cheap replacement for a, a wing player in Joe Ingles or Royce O'Neill or whatever you want to look at it. Like, that was actually, I think, a huge data point for the Jazz going forward and may have jumped Jared Butler on like the intriguing young Jazz pieces list if you're, if you're looking at how the Jazz are. But it is funny, to, to tie this back to Bob Saget, if you can find a way to get the money, you take the role they'll offer you.
2: You know, I I, uh, think there's a a role for him maybe where the one for Jared Butler doesn't exist as much or at least a different one. Uh, Hughes is bigger.
3: Oh, he's way bigger. I was stunned. Yeah, yeah. So this was funny. We'd never seen him up close until last year in the offseason before Summer League. The Jazz kind of gave us one availability with those guys before Summer League because we still weren't doing in-person stuff. And I saw him for the first time. I was like, oh, this dude's a linebacker. Like, this, this guy is huge. Yeah. He played a lot of guard at Syracuse, but he has a huge head. He has huge shoulders. Like, he has a very, very big body, and Jared Butler's not a huge body like you talked about. Yeah, he can, he's can. he got an NBA size and clearly an NBA skill set. So
2: Jared Butler is battling for Trent Forrest's role. Yeah. I think Elijah Hughes, if perfect world, right? Not, not there. I'm not predicting this by any means, but he's actually trying out for Royce O'Neill's role. Correct. Correct.
3: And could get it. And actually, could probably do some of the Joe Ingles stuff because don't forget, yeah, he scored twenty-seven points. He also had eight rebounds and four assists. Right, that's really hard to do. You got to be big to grab rebounds. You got to be big to rebound in the NBA. Uh, he did it. He grabbed eight boards. You got to be a good passer and talented to find you know scores, and he did that with four dimes. I thought that was an extremely, extremely promising role and probably somewhat translatable. Here's the problem with Jared Butler too. He wants the ball. Elijah Hughes did a lot of his scoring without dominating the ball
2: which is something he had to learn by the way because
3: that's not how dominate the ball yeah at syracuse that's not how he played he had the ball every time down the floor he could do whatever he wanted but he is figuring out how to catch and shoot catch and attack the closeout and then kick the ball out like those are really easy skills that translate to being in the nba which is funny when we go back and you know look at the five leading g league scores right now go to the g league and look at the top five point per game guys i bet you most of those guys don't get call-ups because those guys all need the ball in their hands. And if I'm picking the 12th guy off my roster for a COVID protocol, I don't need a guy who needs the ball in his hand. I need a guy who's going to play the one role I need him to, and that's what Daniel House does. Daniel House will play a little defense, and he'll shoot open shots, but he doesn't want anything else. Or he doesn't need anything else to be effective, and that's what makes him valuable.
2: Yeah, totally uh, totally agree. So. Uh, did you see, uh, I just saw Hance. Hans is back. I
3: did, so I saw him walk in.
2: He's uh, back and looking tan. <laughs> <It's in> Florida. <laughs> that Hance finds a... Finds a way to spend a lot of time in the sun, doesn't he? That's <laughs> tough. you got to take your roll like we said. I uh, want to remind you about our friends at Built Bar, whether it's double chocolate, peanut butter, brownie, cherry, barcia, or salted caramel. Enjoy a Built Bar, 100% real chocolate, 100% real delicious. Order yours today at Built.com. Save 10% off your order using promo code ZONE at checkout. That's Built Bar. Hanson, Scotty G, coming up next. Enjoy the game tonight, Ben. Thanks, Megan. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two
2: teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed
0: everything.
3: It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it.
0: I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately...